This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Hello and welcome to this mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I am your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Wendy Lee, an associate professor in the English department at New York University. And now here we are reading a letter from a listener. Well, I think we we must return to uh, our, our final letter. Yes. Would you read our last letter, please? Yes. The subject is resentful referee. I recently moved back in with my parents after receiving a job offer in my hometown. I love them very much and have good relationships with both. However, the years I've been gone and the pandemic seem to have exacerbated some of their views, some, pardon me, some of their issues. I've always played involuntary mediator for their minor disputes. My little brother gratefully notes that since I moved back in, they've stopped fighting, though it hasn't felt that way to me. At first, it seemed that at least three times a week, disagreement escalated to the point where I had to intervene, talking past each other and mutual, unfair, and ungracious assumptions, which were easily addressed by the presence of a third-party perspective. They always thank me afterwards for stepping in and talking it through with them. And everyone ends up feeling better, except for me. The frequency of their arguments has decreased drastically. Now it's only a few times a month. But every time I wind up feeling terrible. I live with them rent-free in exchange for household work. I'm saving up for med school. And otherwise, it has been a joy. I love being around for my brother and having time with them. How can I better process my simultaneous role as referee for surprisingly vitriolic exchanges about who took the recycling last week? Were you at all tempted to, uh, perhaps unfairly, send this letter writer to our second letter writer? I I felt terrible because I was like, you don't like being a referee. But I also thought, like, I really wish I could use you as a go-between for our last letter and, and her former friend. Yeah, involuntary mediator. Yeah. Are you yourself, do you, do you often find yourself in the role of mediator in other people's relationships? Do you, did you have any particular reactions uh, to this letter that would feel sort of useful as a jumping off point? Well, I, I guess I was, this otherwise it has been a joy. It doesn't sound like a joy. And I'm wondering, okay, so I used to have a job where there was free lunch, but it was like in the dorms. And it was a delicious, you know, hot, many courses of buffet lunch. And so faculty would go there and eat. And there was one colleague who never went. And so I said, how could you not go to this dorm to eat? It's free and it's hot and it's nutritious and delicious. And he said, you think it's free, but you pay with your soul. And I kind of feel that way for this letter writer, that it's rent free, but you're paying with their soul. I don't know. You you step in. I'm jumping to conclusions. Well, no, I appreciate that. I was also just aware that I I um took the lead a lot on our our last letter and so I wanted to also make some space for some of your thoughts because uh, they are such uh fascinating and fruitful thoughts. Yeah, take you know, the lead, take the lead. Yeah, I I kind of went back and forth. I I do want to take the letter writer at their word when they say that 
other than this like significant problem things are good without it sort of turning into one of those like I love my boyfriend but letters where it's like Mm -hmm. I love my boyfriend but he you know kills butterflies in his spare time and sets my purse (laughs) on fire um so yeah I I, you know I want to leave room for both the possibility that this letter writer sort of um, makes a habit out of trying to like put a positive spin on things um Mm -hmm. and also say like the problem is real and frustrating but other than this things are mostly good rather than like things are always bad all the time. They're constantly interpreting everybody's statements in bad faith. So, you know, to me, I think the the sort of key here is really just to share your feelings with your brother and your parents, letter writer, because, you know, it sounds like they are great about sharing their thoughts and feelings with each other and with you. And um, perhaps Part of the reason that you haven't done that is because you know they don't react well to conflict, um, but you are also seeing the sort of limits of that tactic, which is you feel resentful and frustrated and put upon. And so I think now is maybe a good time to have a sort of like house meeting on the subject rather than waiting for it to come up again, um, to be able to do it when it's not happening in the moment, when you're not feeling especially like stressed out trying to finagle their issues and you can kind of say I want to talk to you guys about something that's bothering me and you don't have to solve it in that conversation but I think you can say you know I really appreciate that you guys have appreciated my uh, ability to help you mediate your fights I'm really glad that the number of fights seems to be cutting back I don't like having to do it And it's frustrating. And I'm not saying that all of you are jerks or that you're doing this to me on purpose. I'm just letting you know that while you enjoy the sort of benefits of it, it's it's taking a toll on me. And so I'm letting you know because in the future, I might occasionally say something like, I think you guys can solve this one. I hope you both speak to one another with care and respect and try to remember you're all doing your best or want to do your best, I hope, but I'm going to go take a walk or I'm going to go to my room and watch a movie. Please let me know when you're done. And I think by saying it ahead of time, it won't feel as like jarring or difficult. And I hope that you'll be able to say that and they'll say, we're sorry that we've made things difficult or like, we hear you, we can do that. Um, But that seems, you know, I think especially because they've been thanking you and they're clearly aware that you're doing something that benefits them, it gives me reason to hope that if you say that, they will at least move in the direction of, okay, okay, we can't always rely on the letter writer. We can start, you know, they can incorporate some of this themselves, right? Like they can remind themselves, oh, right, when when the letter writer reminds us to not read the worst interpretation of whatever each other is saying, our fights go a lot better. Let's do that now. Maybe that's Pollyanna-ish, but I hope. Yeah, what a good point to to do it in advance with a house meeting or something like this instead of at the time that the conflict arises. I think that's a great idea. So it would be like, okay, guys, I'm going to go to my room and study for that my MCAT or something like that. I think you guys can work it out. I'm going to leave it to the two of you to work it out and not talk past each other, but to listen to each other. And then, Danny, I, I take your point that the letter writer should actually share that it's taking a toll on them. Yeah, I think especially, you know, because letter writer, you say, uh, it only happens a few times a month, but every time I wind up feeling terrible. 
And one of the this might sound a little like counterintuitive, but like I think you should take a page out of your parents and siblings book, not in the sense that I think you should like fly off the handle or say like, you know, you always do this or like, um, you know, overstating a problem. But they at least are sharing when they feel terrible. That's the thing I think you can crib from their books, not the rest of it. But you should say either like, you know, now I I would advise now like as a universal issue, but also maybe if the next time that you do it, if you've already had that earlier conversation, you can say like, I'm glad that was helpful. I feel wiped out. You know, (laughs) can someone make me a cup of tea? And it may be that simply acknowledging that you have done them a service and that that was work. And um, that you're, you need something, you need like, sorry to be like aftercare, like to turn everything into like a BDSM <laughs> engagement, but like, yeah, you need a little fucking aftercare um, for, for being a, a mediator. Um, then that might itself go away towards like, oh, I like did a job. I've been, you know, appreciated. Someone then did something nice in return for me. Um, that might also help. And again, you don't ever have to mediate those fights again, if you don't want to, if you want to say like, I've done it, you can either take the lessons that I've imparted to you or not. But from now on, when you all fight, I'm going to say, I love you. Call me back. And when you're done. Mm -hmm. And I think you can do that in a way that's not like, fuck you guys. You're bad. I'm good. (laughs) I never fight. I'm so reasonable. You're monsters. It's just like, this isn't working for me. Danny, I I love how as the prudence figure, it's both taking the letter at its words and also reading in between the lines. And so I'm wondering if you're, the thing here I'm wondering about is minor disputes and surprisingly vitriolic exchanges about recycling. And like how minor are these disputes? Is there something there or should we just leave it at that? Yeah, I mean, I think often it's really difficult, especially if you're an adult child living with your adult parents, questions around like the little chores that go into like the like daily acts of like personal and social reproduction can get so big because it's just like it, it it often boils down to like a feeling of no one cares about my contributions to this household. Everyone's always trying to find fault with me. I am the only one keeping this damn ship afloat. And if it weren't me, we'd be at the bottom of the Atlantic with the Titanic um, (laughs) and just real investments in like, I am not being appreciated and everyone else is trying to ask more and more of me. And this is my house. This is where I'm like wanting to be at my most personal and least sort of like carefully scrubbed for public interactions. So often Mm -hmm. that just gives like domesticity just often gives way to taking little things intensely personally um, and as a representative of the rest of your life with someone. Um, And I also, uh, not that I think birth order is everything, but I'm also a classic middle child who is in a romantic relationship with two only children. Mm -hmm. I'll say that again. My wife Mm -hmm. and my girlfriend are both only children. So sometimes... (laughs) After a fight, I'll say, gosh, that fight took a lot out of me. I'd like a cup of tea. And they will both say, perfectly sincerely, what fight? We were not fighting. (laughs) Uh, And again, some of that is also not birth order. and Some of it's just temperament. But I have learned my threshold for a fight is often anything less than perfect unanimity. Anything less than I love you so 
Our hearts are one, our minds are one, our will is one. We are Brother Dawn, Brother Day, and Brother Dusk from Isaac Asimov's Foundation series. And we (laughs) want the same thing at all times in every direction, a perfect infinite crystal refracting on and on before us and behind us. Um, And they have different perspectives, which is horrible. I think that's fascinating. I feel like I'm a younger sibling and I'm not sure how I, for me, just to say I'm wiped out, can you get me a cup of tea feels hard Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't know that I was wiped out. I would just be looking at the other people in the family. It's so, I'm going to try that like basically right after this. But I do think for this letter writer, because you know, like your, your family is letting you know, ah, it's so great that you're here. Things are better when you're here. We don't fight as much, mom and dad, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is you're, you're going to go to medical school. You're going to leave your little brother Mm -hmm. and your parents, and they're going to be their own household again. Mm -hmm. So I think it's that much more important to let them work this stuff out and maybe not rely on you so much or learn how to do it. Right. I mean, the reason I feel fairly optimistic that this can improve um, if everyone gives it like even just like 35% effort is they now know that the like presence of some sort of external like mediating presence helps them fight way better and way less. And that, you know, it might feel right now like, well, you're here, you know us the best, we're familiar with doing it with you, you'll just do it all the time. But like that thing, those those combination of qualities are all things that they can access without you. Like obviously, you know, you're living with them and knowing them historically is useful, but that's not the only reason. So like they now know something that they need in order to fight better. Um And they can seek that out. If you say, I don't want to always provide that for you, I want you to figure out other ways you can get some sort of like built-in pause or built-in moment where you both try to see it neutrally, um, where you both abandon your perspective for a moment without defensiveness. They can do that. You can encourage them to seek that out elsewhere. Um, You need to tell them that it's wearing on you because right now they presumably think that you don't mind doing it or even enjoy it. Um, And once you give them more information and say, I love you and please take this information and do more with it, um, you you can ask that of them. That is a reasonable thing to ask. And even if they don't do it like perfectly or immediately, you know, if they try, they will get better and they will find that uh, those things elsewhere. So that is, I think, reason for some optimism. And I want you to know, Wendy, that the yes. seven virtues combine the four classical cardinal virtues of prudence, justice, temperance, and temperance and courage or fortitude. Uh, so that is the pre-Christian stuff or the, the non-Christian stuff. And then that combined with the three uh, theological virtues of uh, faith, hope, and charity make up the seven virtues. Wow. So mercy is not a virtue? I mean, I'm, I'm sure that it is. <laughs> I, I think you would be hard-pressed to find like a, a doctor of the church who would say mercy is, is not a virtue. But I think it's a direct <laughs> reference at that point to 1 Corinthians 13, where he says, for now, three things remain, faith, hope, and charity, but the greatest of these is charity. Mm-hmm. Um, at at least I had that one kid. in my back pocket. Thank oh, God. If God. I ever couldn't remember 1 Corinthians 13... 
I would deserve to be drummed out of whatever shitty English department I graduated from. Thank you for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash mood to sign up to subscribe or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Thanks. Also, if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to know what you think. If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations with a guest. And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. It's just $1 for your first month. If you'd like me to read your letter on the show, maybe you need a little advice, maybe some big advice, head to slate.com slash mood to find our Big Mood, Little Mood listener question form or find a link in the description on the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening.